0: Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin
1: Elder. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Brian Head in the studio, which is a nice change. Uh, Brian came out to our downtown offices in San Antonio. Uh, he's had multiple appearances on the DJE podcast, but we talk about all kinds of stuff, real estate, uh, current market conditions, uh, fund that they've done and how they set that up and structured that, uh, some other, you know, legal adventures and things like that. It was an entertaining podcast, I had a great time catching up with Brian. So I hope you enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE has been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit DJEtexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode is also brought to you by ApartmentEducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at ApartmentEducators.com or visit the link in the notes. CPI came out uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what um, would you say it was? 3.2 3. 3. 2 versus 3.7. 3. 3.7 previous yeah. month, yeah. Yeah, uh, everybody's watching the Fed, right? I mean, that's yeah. you know, kind of watching that. We're, um, I'm not. I don't. I don't like to make predictions about that stuff, but I do always say the every day in this like season we're in that we get behind us is we'll call it a win, right? Yeah. Like let's yeah. let's get a little further towards the other side of of whatever uh, whatever we're in. So um, yeah, for sure. And I mean, gosh, eleven consecutive rate hikes by the Fed that started well over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um kind of plateaued so anyway we're not gonna turn this into a big federal reserve uh <laughs> you know taking odds on when rate cuts are coming over but obviously we're all talking about that and looking at that but let, let's talk about some other stuff um sure. i definitely want to talk about your fund okay i want to talk about um you know what you're seeing right now kind of coming into next year all that good stuff so um first of all, thanks for coming in the studio. Love in person's the best, man. You know, you're, you've been on the pod at least one other time. It's been a long time. Yeah. You were the very Um, first one I was on. Oh man. Yeah. And what have you, what have you been on since then? Pods, podcasts.
0: Oh, well, a few different ones, uh, parts of our circle with, uh, uh, Abel, um, and some outside of not even multifamily, just some different types of podcasts and things like that. So, uh, but this is the only in-person one, so and I love in-person, so I'm oh, glad we best. were able to make this happen.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. No, yeah. Awesome. Glad to have you back. Talking about other stuff besides multi, um, what, what kind of stuff have you looked at? Have you looked at the self-storages, the industrial, the... Uh, car washes, see a lot of syndicators putting car washes out there, right? I've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: the only thing I've personally invested in, uh, outside of multifamily in the last year or so has been some ISF, so industrial service facilities. So explain that to me. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, you go, and this is in the Houston area. So you kind of go and you buy, you know, five, 10 acre track of land. Yeah. You put in fencing, do, you know, some road base, electrical no, you're not putting any buildings or anything I'm like that. I'm already liking this, man. Yeah, yeah. And this so sounds but good. you But you go in and you, you do all that real light, you know, light on the CapEx and it only takes a few months. Uh, and then you find somebody that wants to lease, you know, part of it or all of it. And so right. now you're dealing with one or two tenants maybe on the property. Um, and the deals that I've invested in are similar returns to multifamily, fifteen yeah. to twenty percent range, something like that, uh, paying out cash flow distributions. Was it again. is it
1: a f- kind of forever hold? For
0: no, it's like a five year same time frame, kind of like
1: on, on multifamily. So you buying the dirt? Is there is there like a rezoning that needs to happen for no, that? No, because Houston, like well these oh, are in Houston, not Houston, so yeah, yeah, these are in. Houston. How does that city? Exists with no zoning. I, 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 I kind of love it, and I'm kind of skeptical of it. I wouldn't
0: want to maybe live there. That's the thing. You never know what's going to go next to you if there's I a lot. just yeah.
1: like no zoning. Part of me, the the um, entrepreneurial, you know, free market guy in me is like, love it, right? Yeah. F- cut out all the bureaucracy. No, You know, the the developer in me, yeah. love it, yeah. right? But then, yeah, I guess the resident in me is kind of like, well, yeah, you know. No zoning, you just yeah. kind of do anything you you want. I mean, it simplifies things, but uh, that's that's just wild that a city that size right can can do that, right? Yeah. And so so they're coming in. They do they, You do the dirt. You, you there's no zoning because it's Houston. You're doing modest improvements. Yeah. And then finding an industrial tenant.
0: Yeah, like you know, it could be like you know for heavy machinery equipment, or right. I know one of the ones that I invested in a, co- a, a company is running a eighteen uh, uh, wheeler parking facility out of there so the tenants running that so you as the owner don't have to run that you're just managing that one tenant uh actually
1: the and there's thing, not much to manage no I mean, there's not it's, it's
0: b2b you met the you met the guy invested with Milko. Um, at the Houston meetup, yeah, like when the very first Houston meetup yep, for sure, eight, I remember that. Um, and uh, we talked for just a few minutes, and so him and I kind of connected afterward, and yeah. So I invested in a few of his deals, and and uh, so far those are going pretty good.
1: Hey, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah, uh, bank debt or is, there, is it all cash? No, what? it's bank. It's bank debt. Yeah and then uh you're just establishing a cash flow stream and you sell it to another investor in a few Mm -hmm. years
0: yep exactly yeah and and it's paying out cash flow distributions and i like that it sounds very
1: simple yeah oh it is it is very i mean i
0: haven't done it myself but in talking to Milko, and i went out and looked at the properties and everything yeah it's
1: yeah pretty demands there for it they're getting tenants Mm -hmm. super cool yeah yeah, there's there's a there's one. I was just talking with one of our brokers looking at some dirt here in San Antonio. We're always looking for like industrial, like small small bay warehouse stuff. Right. Okay. Build a twelve hundred and fifty square foot contractor garage. Right. So we got uh, one of those finishing up in the next, call it four to six weeks. A couple more in the pipeline, looking for more dirt to kind of continue building those. But then also, we were looking at a, a, a nice, very well located piece of dirt that was a little bigger than we wanted. But thinking about these, um, there's a, a facility off Warsbach that I always fly over in the helicopter coming back into the hangar by San Antonio Airport. And I, I watched it go up, you know, every, every week, watched it go up. Yeah. And I mean, as soon as that thing was done, it was full of RVs. So it's RV storage like enclosed it's rv covered storage and it's just parking and i'm looking at this thing these are just metal boxes so simple yeah it filled up instantly um so that's that's compelling that's cool
0: one well, and, and i like i like like that type of investment and then these industrial service facilities i think they're a good diversification play with multifamily because sure. they're really run totally differently right right I oh mean, yeah capex is way less on on that ISF. Right. Yep. Uh, your tenant management is way less. Totally. different. So I think it's, it's kind of good to have a balance and you're doing some of that already with some of your, some of your deals. Yeah. Have,
1: so. Yeah. It's good to look at other stuff. Um, in general, I just like simplicity wherever possible. Right. Yeah. Like what can we do? You know, Chick-fil-A's menu. there's not much on it. No. Right. I mean, it is simple. <laughs> yeah. I, I like five guys too. I go in there and I'm like, if I had a burger joint, this is how I'd do it. The, yeah. the decoration is your supplies. Yeah. They like bags of flour and stuff around. It's like yeah. that's the decoration is some kitchen supplies, and there's like two things on the menu. Yeah, like
0: raising canes is even more. Yeah, don't minimalistic they minimalistic? Have... Than... Yeah, it's like one thing, right? Yeah, it's like what chicken strips. Wildly
1: <laughs> successful. <Yeah. laughs> so we can do that in real estate. A fence, some dirt, rent it to a business. Totally different tenant, B two B. Than B to C and multi and not to trash multi we we have a lot of multi uh, I know you do too yeah. but it's good I agree it's good to just be looking at different stuff
0: yeah yeah and, and multi is always going to have a a place always, I mean, yeah. people have to have a place to live and uh, there's still I know I know there's been a lot of talk about you know all the supply coming online a lot right. of that, obviously that's Class A supply and stuff yeah. like that um, but even with all that coming online you know we're still we're still not going to be where we need to be. For the long term, yeah. Even the short term, right? I mean, it may give right. a little infusion, but it's not going to fix the the supply problem. Yeah,
1: the absorption gets gets ebbs and flows, and at times it we're getting, man, we're we're struggling right now in one of our properties because it's a little outside the box of what we've done. In that, it's in an area. It's a very nice complex, but it's in an area where there's been a ton of Class A deliveries, and you know, three months free. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking to our regional manager this week, like. What does three months free equate to versus our rent? So we got a mid-80s product, very nicely redeveloped, but not 2023 Class A. So, you know, our rent's here. And a three-month free promotion on a neighboring Class A kind of prorated out comparable rent. Why would would you move to our spot, right? You know, so there's just tremendous amount of delivery there. So we just have to get creative and stuff like that. Most of our multifamily portfolios not that's not a factor. And that is kind of why we always talk about this B and C space is like right. hey, you're not really competing with the class A right. stuff. But I you know in this little this little submarket that we're in near a university in San Antonio, it's like it's they've just delivered a boatload of supply. So <laughs> we yeah. are fighting that battle of like, you know, how do how do we lease um, when there's such tremendous stuff going on yeah. in terms of specials in the in the vicinity, so yeah. um, I don't know where I was going with that, but you're right. So the, the the supply is and demand will ebb and flow, but yeah, I think over a over a longer arc or a slightly zoomed out perspective. Um, we're talking about Texas, Central Texas, right Great long-term story there. I don't really think that's changed. One of the things I'm really curious about is downtown San Antonio. We've got a 62unit mixed use, uh, 62 units of multifamily mixed use. We're being pretty aggressive on the lease-up right now with some move-in specials until we get it fully occupied, and it's about halfway there right now. Um, but there are you know, there are thousands of units poised to be delivered downtown San Antonio, and really? that's that's, like, that's new. Right. I grew up here, yeah. and three 300 main is 354 units, a couple blocks away from our office here. 354 Class A units getting delivered downtown San Antonio, you know, Q1, 2024. Um, what does that absorption look like, right? And then acro- right across, and I love it. I love seeing all the development. I love that big developers are going first on that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm very bullish on downtown San Antonio, but we just don't have a we don't have a a frame of reference for it. It's well, just new what, stuff.
0: One thing I'll say I, I was listening to a <clears throat> um, to a report on after the pandemic some of the different downtowns in Texas yeah. and which ones have done the best san antonio is at the top right i saw of, that in terms of people coming back and work yep. employment and everything so i thought yep. that was really really awesome to hear
1: so. it's encouraging i we've been working downtown for right at a year now um in this in in this uh, office building we bought and i love it yeah. Uh, you know, I love being downtown. There's a homeless element, right, where I wish we were a little more like Fort Worth. Have you been to Fort Worth recently? Not recently. It is the cleanest downtown you've really? ever seen. And I'm just walking around Fort Worth going, well, how do we be more like Fort Worth? Because um, I feel like Fort Worth and San Antonio have some similarities. But I do want to give some props to Centro, which is a nonprofit organization. They're everywhere downtown. You'll see them in yellow shirts and blue shirts. And they're out there to... I mean, they will provide escorts, they'll provide directions, they're super friendly, they're oh, cleaning so cool. up. And there are I I think there's like hundreds of people on that team. Wow. Um, and that's been a really cool to see downtown. So, you know, we've got our challenges with homeless. Um, but also you've got some really, really cool things happening at and Centro seems to be a really solid organization. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. it's helping there. Um and I just think downtown. We're talking the end of 2023 right now. Mm. I think downtown in two years, it's gonna be it's gonna be a completely different landscape. So yeah. it's cool to see it kind of unfold on a on a daily basis. Yeah, this is a really cool place you got here too. Oh, right? thanks. Right? Yeah, right on the river. And yeah, yep. that's awesome. Yep, yep. Yeah. San Pedro Creek projects. You know, done this section of it. Uh, UTSA is building a new building a block away. Um, oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, Western Urban, biggest developer down here, is doing. 300 something units across the street, you know? Wow. So, um, it's cool to see, it's yeah. cool to see, but there's hundreds and then thousands of units, you know, that need to get absorbed. And yeah. if that happens, it's just going to be a completely different landscape down here. I'm excited to see, there's a handful of restaurants. I like to go downtown, but we need more. Yeah. Like, I, I'm down here. We're down here every day. We need more variety. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You
0: were mentioned about growing up here. I mean, I was born and raised here in San Antonio too. And and I remember growing up, like when I was in high school and stuff, uh, there was nothing to really, I mean, there was the comedy club. Right. <laughs> downtown. And that was pretty much it. At River Center. <laughs> yeah. River Center. <laughs> I remember that was going it. There. Yeah. That was pretty much it. There was right. really nothing else to do downtown. So it's come a long way. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It just takes,
1: it takes people to vision and, and uh, Deep Pockets going first. Yeah. Pearl changed everything and now they're now downtown and i think graham and uh urban are gonna change everything downtown so i'm I'm cheering for them. yeah for sure one of our analysts is like is is your investment strategy to buy stuff next to graham's developments and i was like yeah pretty much that's my downtown (laughs) investment strategy that's a good strategy (laughs) my next uh you know long-term holds uh bullish on downtown san antonio let's see where it goes yeah so um, and then a lot, you know, a lot of medical center or North Central '80s multifamily. Just keep, keep buying it and and, and doing that thing.
0: Yeah, it's cool looking at your little your little diagram of where you have your properties. Right,
1: north it's all right there. It's all yeah. North of Four Ten. S- stick to what you know. You know, inside sixteen oh four. Uh, I 1035, just there's that one little pocket. Yeah. This is yeah. so funny. Uh, let's talk about your fund. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I think the fund model is interesting. We launched a fund ourselves uh, this year. That's going great. I love it. Want to do more of it. Um, just curious, you know, why the fund, how you structured it, how it's going, all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the fund, a lot of that kind of came from, some of the, some of the struggles going on in multifamily sure. and you know, for, for me, I, I thought, well, maybe there's another way to do this where people can invest in multifamily without putting, you know, 50 grand or what have you in one apartment complex and, and be a little bit more diversified and yep. spread out that risk. Yep. Um, and so that was, that was why I created the fund. And, you know, uh, I really wanted it to be, if I could sum it up this way, it's just flight to quality and diversification. That's really the whole purpose of the fund. And obviously one of your deals are in there. Speaking of flight to quality, nice. uh, because I wanted to make sure that the, the deals that I invested in are with sponsors that have a track record. Yeah. Uh, I'm not looking to put deals in with somebody that's doing their first, first deal. This, this fund is not for that full, full Um, cycle sponsors, Full cycle sponsors. Um, and so that was that was my main focus, and so that's why I started the fund. Uh, it's a little different, you know. I'm not a partner on any of the deals that I'm investing in, you right. know, So it's really being run as a kind of like a hedge fund, right, where I'm buying shares into these multiple deals. Sure, sure. And one of the reasons I did that is is because, like I said, the the flight to quality, but to have access to some of the the best deals too, because right. I didn't want to be limited to investing in deals in my fund that I had to be a partner on. I wanted to right. be able to invest in any deals, the best deals with the best sponsors out there.
1: Deal vetting and sourcing is a full-time thing. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, for a professional or somebody that's got other things going on, retired, family, professional, all the above, whatever. Deal sourcing is... Uh, huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that investing in individual complexes doesn't have its place. Sure. I mean, it totally does, but sure. not everybody can, can be diversified and put in, you know, $50,000 into every deal, yeah, you know, 10 different deals to be able to have some diversification in their portfolio. And so that's what I'm providing. So the fund is just a minimum of 50,000. Yep. Uh, it's open, it's open to accredited investors only. Um, I did, I did structure the fee a little differently than some of the other funds that are out there. So sure. I have a, a 1% administration fee. It's capped at 1%. If it goes over that, I cover anything outside of my own, you know, out of my pocket. Yep. If it's less than that, that's all I'm charging. So if the, the so I have a third party fund administrator that I use and you know, they, they handle the compliance and accounting and all of that. And so I have to pay them. So if it goes less than 1%, though, I'm not taking anything. So literally, I'm really running this for free because it's my first fund. Yeah, um, yeah, running it really lean. Yeah, the only yeah. money I'm making is the money that I've invested alongside my investors. Wow. Um, and so that's really it. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no equity split. There's nothing else. It's just that 1%, you know, fee. And, and the cool thing is, you know, depending on the deals that I'm in, I'm investing in, I might even be able to negotiate better terms on those investments than yeah. somebody who invest directly in a deal. Yep. Um, yep. And that so, buying
1: power, basically. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, you know, doing like a half a million dollar check into a deal Sure. Uh, versus something somebody, somebody coming in with 50, you know, they might get a certain class that has a certain equity split. I might be able to do better with mine. You know, it's not guaranteed. Right. But there's a potential, because my fees are so low, that people could get invested in my fund and potentially have higher returns than being invested directly in a deal. Right. So it's right. kind of a unique, unique uh, selling
1: proposition. Yeah, there. I like it. I like it. How how was the? Um, you know, we've got operators listening, investors listening, prospective operators, prospective investors. How was it your experience? Just the legal setting up the fund administration, kind of all the the admin stuff of it. Was it was it pretty straightforward? What what has been what was been a, a surprise to you? Maybe that you didn't see coming at the outset.
0: Yeah, so I joined. So one of the things I did is I joined a uh, fund group, um, kind of a mastermind for people that are trying to start funds. And this is all kinds of funds could be crypto, could be stocks, whatever. Sure. Um, It it started out good. But then I got a uh, unfortunately, I had an attorney that was not the best that was dealing with that I was working with and and doing my docs. And I missed a deal or two because he couldn't get the stuff done in time. Um, I, (laughs) I, I hesitate to even share this. But just to give you, I'm going to sum it up this way in terms of how bad these, this, this was, this and, then, and then we'll link to
1: their website. They're right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't I won't say
0: their name, but, <laughs> but, but but there there was a part of the legal docs that actually said if if there's a disagreement between partners of our fund managers of the fund, yeah, we'll do rock
1: paper scissors. Come on, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, dead, I'm dead serious. No that was, way, that dude. Was in the docs, what, was it? Was that a joke to see if you were reading it? No, that, no, because no. there was no follow up with me
0: on that or anything. No, that was not a joke.
1: Was that a, was that a legal a paralegal having fun? I don't know. What, dude? Are you serious? I'm serious. No, I'm dead serious. Oh my gosh. So I had awesome. to have some stuff redone
0: with some other attorneys after I'd already paid for all of this <laughs> and everything. So, yeah, that was that is uh, awesome. Yeah, I've shared that with a few different I've attorneys never heard that story, man. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. I mean, it even tells you stand facing the other person. No way. It prescribes <laughs> what beats what and everything. Yeah, no, I'm serious. So so anyway, that was a bad experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, the... So I got all that set up. Yeah. The... the the group covered what I paid to join the group covered legal costs and all that. So I don't, that's cool. I know legal costs to set up a fund is probably 10, 15,000, something like that.
1: At the low end. I've talked to guys who set end. them up for a hundred and it's oh like, my man, gosh. okay. All
0: right. Well, yeah, that's one way to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are they, are they investing as well? Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, like, like any attorney, right? That the spectrum is broad. Right. Exactly. Fees and services. So.
0: Yeah. I, I think some of the, some of the things, you know, so I got everything set up and then it's like, okay, open a bank account. Well, I had some banks that didn't want to work with me because oh, really? of the type of fund I had. They didn't want to touch what you, that. What was the
1: type? It was just a five hundred and six C. Just a five hundred and six C equity fund, right? I, or is it?
0: I, I think one of the things that threw some of the banks off was I wasn't a partner on the deals, and so they were considering for it like a bank a account. They fund. wanted this. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I also ran into problems with opening a brokerage account because I wanted to open a brokerage account just to have a place to park cash in a money market because I didn't want to put cash sitting in a bank account earning nothing. Sure. So uh, those were the biggest struggles I found. Actually, I went Hmm. through like four different banks and four different brokerage companies and went through all the paperwork and everything and then got declined. I'm like, I mean, this isn't that complicated. What's going on? Yeah. uh, And then... And then, because of the way my fund is structured, having to register as a exempt uh, advisor, financial advisor type sure. thing, had to do that with uh, uh, with FINRA as well. So yeah. that was that was I wasn't expecting that a but process. Yeah, it was a
1: little bit of a process. But yeah. yeah, but that's all kind of one time hurdles, right. Right? right? Is your fund evergreen or is it capped or what's the? Yeah, what's it's not the, evergreen. Okay. Um, had I had I done it again, I
0: probably would have done it evergreen. Yeah, you go through all that upfront costs and you know then you got to do it again. Yeah but my plan is to have multiple funds in the future you right. know i like I like the the concept of what you've got with an income fund. I yeah. like I would like the growth and the income, either separate funds or within one fund, and kind of having a component or a hybrid of the two. You right. Know, you get Maybe some cash share flow classes or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really where I'd like to be in the future, and nice. then of course change my fee structure so I'm not working for free. I yeah. You don't want to do that money.
1: forever. <laughs> you don't want to do that forever. Yeah. Yeah. I like the open end. I like the evergreen aspect. And my thought was, you know, we're going to go through all the legal expense. Let's do that one time. Yeah. And so especially for an income fund too, because that's, yeah. that's going to be something that people are
0: going to want to stay in for exactly. years and years and just, yeah. you know,
1: exactly. So. I think it's going to be, you know, it's becoming a bigger part of our portfolio. I think it could be a, I think it'd be the biggest part of our portfolio in the next couple of years. So yeah,
0: there's something to be said for some steady income. right? Yep. So
1: yep. And it just, it makes things really kind of e- now if the challenge, it makes things easier for everybody. Um, from our accounting team to investors to reporting to distributions, everything. It, it the challenge is deployment, right? And that's the work. It's like, hey, you don't want five million sitting there for too long. Depending on how you structure your fund, ours is, hey, we start paying on it like immediately. So, right. it's kind of a hot potato where you want to deploy it, and it really took me years to like have enough deal flow and diversity of deal flow to feel like all right we could take five million dollar check tomorrow into the fund and i know that within a reasonable period of time i am gonna have it deployed so i'm not just sitting on it for six months or a year right um so that's been that's been cool that's been that's been great but it is like it's a hot potato you yeah. know you got to deploy those funds um but it's gone it, that so that's kind of the challenge from the operating the fund perspective everything else is quite a bit simpler you know. It is investor relations is a lot simpler ah, yeah. too. And right. you know,
0: um and, and I like, you know, having a third party fund administrator that's able to help me with, with some of my Yeah,
1: and tell me about that. Um, tell me about that. It's a little costly. Sure. You know? So it's about
0: thirty grand a year. Yeah. Uh, but that includes investor relations. So they will actually work with investors to sign up, sign the docs and do wow. all of that and, okay. and servicing of their account and sure. everything like that. So sure. they, they do all of that. Um, and so it's, it's good from that standpoint. Right. Um, I haven't quite scaled it enough to be able to cover all my costs right now. So I'm still sure. having to pay some out of my own pocket, but, um, but it's handled, but it's handled. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, and, and I think it Reporting gives investors, and everything. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Nice. It gives investors some security too, knowing sure. that it's not me sitting out the distribution sure. and, and all of that, you know? So I think that provides a level of
1: comfort. Yeah. I think if you've, yeah, absolutely. So that, that, uh, That's interesting. And was that part of that group that you were, or a vendor that was with the group that you kind of signed up with? No, they recommended me go
0: with somebody else and I didn't really care for them. So I ended up, uh, going with this other, this other administrator.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good setup. I feel like that's a good foundation to build on, you know, what, what do you think, what, what type of fund will you launch next? Given that this one is, is it closed on timeline? Is it closed on a capital raise amount? what,
0: yeah. So I'm looking to do, it's, it's a smaller fund. I'm only trying to do about 5 million on the fund. Okay. So it's not huge on this um, one, the on first this one. first fund. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then, uh,
0: you know, I don't know what the next fund will be. I'll probably stop raising on this fund around April ish next year. That's yeah. cause I've had, I started it end of April this year. So I get, I figured I'll give myself a year. I don't want to leave it open too long because I don't want to extend the time frame that investors have to be in it too right. long either, Cause the longer right. I keep it open to investments and I invest in deals, now you're starting the clock over for yep. how long that could take to get out of that deal. So. Yeah. I don't want to do that for too long, but I'm still trying to to raise more capital on it. The next fund, I don't know. You know, the income fund, that's always been something that I've had a lot of interest in. Sure. Um, Or I might just do the hybrid, like I said, in a growth and income component. I think there's value in that too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Simplifying things for your your Mm -hmm. LPs. Right. Um, That's great. So what do you... you, uh, We're talking the end of 2023. What are you thinking for next year? What's... uh, obviously we're all dependent on markets and Jerome Powell i saw that Jerome Powell makes 190k a year i just thought that was interesting maybe arguably one of the more powerful men on in america yeah or at least, you know and who knows what's behind the scenes going on but i just thought that was very interesting that's not a tremendous amount of money not for the amount of stress he's got to be under. Kid, <laughs> no just kidding. the
0: questions he gets and stuff. Oh my. But he's pretty good. He's pretty good at uh, answering those questions and you know skirting around. Dancing. And, yeah. yeah, it, it yeah,
1: is absolutely an art, right? Being it a really Fed chairman, is. having yeah. to decipher what uh, what things mean. Um, I'm sure there's other forms of compensation he's he's uh, he's entitled to or or receiving. But anyway, I'm sure. so watching the Fed, watching markets macro stuff that we can't do anything about, but what, you know, what's ahead for, for next year, for 2024 for, for you? Well, you know, I'm going to continue with the fund.
0: I think multifamily will probably be the core of my funds going forward. Uh, I I do feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunities in multifamily. I I think that there's a lot of deals struggling right now. And, um, there was so many people getting into the space, Two three years ago, ago. sure. Uh, you know, for me personally, when I left my job and I jumped in full time with this, it was probably about the worst time I could have done it. Right. But you know, I, I I look at it this way too. You know, there's there's some deals that I've been involved in that have struggled a little bit. Yeah. But I I wouldn't change a thing because I've learned so much.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, we're in the gym lifting the heavyweights right now, right? Yeah. Across yeah. the board. Yeah. Uh, I know there's so many things we've done to tighten up our companies and things that. Um, we wouldn't have done in better times and uh, it's not fun and it's hard, but, but uh, at the same time, you like, you know, these things needed to, needed to happen. Um, and so for that, I, you know, I appreciate that aspect of it. I'll also be glad when, uh when we get to the other side of it, but we're on, we're in the gym lifting the heavy weights and we you know, and we're we're running sprints with, uh, with weight vests on. And at some point we'll take the weight vests off and we're going to be in shape as a company or as, as investors. Yeah. So I love um, that analogy. Yeah. You know, that's the, it's, it sucks lifting the heavy weights and, 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 you know, maxing out your, to, to, to your, to failure right? Yeah. Exercising to failure. It's literally going as far as you can and and wearing yourself out. That's where the most gains come from. And we're just in the middle. We're in that weightlifting phase. So,
0: yeah. And I I think, you know, one, one thing about real estate is it's just a very forgiving asset. So as long as you have the means to be able to hold on to it for a while, I think you'll be fine. Right. It's just, it's just, there's a lot of people getting into this space that don't have those means to be able to hold on to it. Right. Yeah.
1: It'd be interesting. One of the most interesting things, you know, that I'm curious to see how how it plays out is with the lenders, right? I mean, I think mm. if a lender's got a stable of assets in their portfolio that are all doing well and one is screwing around, they're crushed, right? The lender's going to crush them. The lender's looking at their portfolio going, let's play nice. Every <laughs> asset has got something going on or some kind of an issue and yeah. we don't want to take back 150 properties across country or whatever. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard, you know, different... Different things but it, it seems like now is the time for lenders and operators to to work together to, to get through it and then at some point this is wildly speculative but at some point the federal government is is not going to allow residential real estate to collapse on um on a grand scale i don't right. think right i mean if you bought a house if you bought two three houses on ninja loan in 2008 uh, and you lost them all. That has some economic impact. You know, if you bought 500 units uh, in 2020, and you know you lose all that, yeah. that's going to have massive economic impact for hundreds of families, right? Right. Yeah. So that's again just speculative, but I, I think there's some sort of a backstop there. Um, I, I don't think we're anywhere close to that happening, but I yeah. think I think lenders are going to want to work stuff out. I think um, at some point the federal government's going to want To work stuff out and maybe we get through to a rate cut and things normalize and we yeah. get through it, but um, but this is uh, you know, this is our generation's uh, 08, right? We're,
0: <laughs> We're going through right. it, yeah, going yeah. through it right now, so yeah,
1: yeah. And I, and I do
0: think you know, it's funny when you watch CNBC and stuff, all you hear about when they talk about commercial is, is office space, yeah, it's so funny,
1: but that's I, not the only I know people are like, <laughs> hey, how's how's commercial real estate doing? And I'm like, well, are you talking about office, it's not great, <laughs> like, we have we have some office. I'm sitting in it. It's my office, and all the tenants are my companies. And uh, guess what? They're paying. So my office portfolio is crushing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, other office, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw something about a federal, what was it, $30 billion being given for office to multifamily conversions. So maybe that creates a little relief for some of these, these office buildings. But, yeah, that's the headline, right, is office. Uh, commercial real estate is like this huge Blanket to throw over so many different types. Multifamily, you know, variable rate stu- debt stuff is tough. New debt rates are tough. Occupancy, like, kind of same as it ever was. Mm-hmm. Rent growth slowed, but look what it was after COVID. It exploded, right? You would expect it to slow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for the civilian. Just office is terrible, or uh, commercial real estate's terrible, and it's like, well, offices office is has a struggles, but some of this other stuff's doing fine. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's where the, the fundamentals, right? You need a place to live, and and there's so many people, especially migrating to Texas, which, sure. which is where my fund is, is going to focus 100. It's only in Texas, so nice. Uh, Texas, trying what I know, yeah, just sticking to what I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. Yep. Uh, so I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, Brian, this has been fun yeah. talking about stuff, um, getting through this market. Uh, love what you're doing with the fund. If somebody listening wants to connect. Where do we send them?
0: Yeah, best way to get a hold of me. I'm on LinkedIn, um, and or just go to my website uh, headstartequity.com.
1: Headstartequity.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. Brian Head, good to see you, man. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate right. it. Good to see you.
0: Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.